Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Court of Law. You guys are familiar with the Court of Law. Some of y'all recently familiar with the court of law. <laughs> Go ahead and raise your hand. I'm gonna... Matter of fact, stand up. Let's... <laughs> In a court of law, the clerk has you raise your hand and he asks you to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and what saints? Nothing but the truth. So what's the difference between the three? Well, the difference is there are different kinds of truths. To tell the truth means that you must not lie in response to a question. To tell the whole truth means, for example, if a governor says in my state we move 17,000 people from welfare to work and omits adding the fact that in his state 25,000 people move from work to welfare, well, he hasn't told the truth. He didn't tell the whole truth. He told the truth, but not the whole truth. The whole truth is 8,000 more people are on welfare. Do the math. Nothing but the truth. For example, if a person tells the truth and then adds a lie, they told the truth, but they didn't tell the whole truth. If you were with us in our study in John, you know John has been telling us the whole truth as he gave us testimony of Jesus, who was in the beginning with God. John the Apostle began to talk about John the Baptist, who gave testimony to the light, Jesus. In verse 10, it tells us, look at verse 10, it tells us he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. The light, Jesus, came into the world that he made, but the world that he made didn't know him. Look at verse 11. He even came to his own Israel, but his own Israel did not receive him. But in verse 12, as many as received him, come on, read verse 12 with me. But as many as received him, I need everybody to read verse 12 with me. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. And then in verse 14, John gave us his nativity scene, the word, the Logos, stepped on the stage of human history and dwelt among us. The word dwelt, if if you're taking notes or you were with us last week, I told you the word dwelt meant tented, tabernacled. In other words, Jesus Christ, the word that was made flesh, dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. He lived among us. The Logos left heaven to come to the earth. He was face to face with God, and now he comes face to face with men. 
John said he beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what saints? Truth. Now, John says, I want to call my first witness of these things which I've seen and heard, John the Baptist. And in the continuing verses, John the Apostle brings John the Baptist as a witness to this one who came to the earth and dwelt among us. Also this morning or this afternoon, we're going to learn, and here's why I want you to take some notes, we're going to learn how to witness in this world. Three things are essential to being a good witness. Got a pen? Got a pad? Write this down. Number one, if you're going to be a good witness, you have to know who you are not. John says, I am not the Christ in verse 19 through 21. And secondly, if you're going to be a good witness, you have to know who you are. John says, I am a voice in verse 23 through 28. And then finally, we'll talk about today. If you want to be a good witness, you have to point people to Jesus. I need somebody to say amen. amen. Point people to the lamb in verse 29 through 34. I've titled this sermon, The Greatest Man Meets the Greatest Lamb. Three points. I want to go over them again. Three points. Three things are essential to being a good witness. Number one, come on, read it with me. Know who you are not. It's on the screen, y'all. Come on, read it with me. Number one, if you want to be a good witness, you got to know who you are not. Secondly, you've got to know who you are. And then finally, point number three, you need to point people to Jesus. The greatest man meets the greatest lamb. Love this section. John chapter one, pick up in verse 19. If you're looking at verse 19, say, I'm looking at it. Now, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and he did not deny. But he confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, who then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you that prophet? He answered, no. Notice the answers are getting shorter. Are you the Christ? I'm not the Christ. Are you Elijah? I am not. Are you the prophet? No. Then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now, those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying in verse 25, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize. Are you looking at verse 26? I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandals straps. I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethbara beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. Saints, give me your attention. Stop right there, if you will. Let's back up a bit to properly move forward. It was in the days of the Roman occupation, Tiberius Caesar ruled. 
Pontius Pilate became governor of Judea. Herod Antipas ruled in the area of the Galilee. In these days, there were many riots and revolts in Jerusalem and in Israel. It was a violent period of murders and killings and upheavals. It was in these dark days that John the Baptist comes on the scene as a witness. Were you with me last week? Just by show of hands. Were you with me last week? You know that I gave you the verse Luke 7, 28. Critical verse you need to understand. Jesus said of John the Baptist that he was the greatest prophet ever born. Think about that. That's a great and a remarkable thing to say, isn't it? That John is the greatest prophet who ever prophesied. And the reason John was great is because John is the prophet that the prophets prophesied about. I said that every week since we started. John is the prophet that the prophets prophesied about. John is the valedictorian of prophets. John is the prophet that all the prophets looked to and thought, oh, I'd love to be that prophet. The prophet who would be able to look at Jesus and point his finger and say, behold, there he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's why John was the prophet that all the prophets prophesied about and envied. Because of the privilege that John had, John's ministry was pretty short. It was literally cut short by Herod the Great. He was beheaded. And yet Jesus said his life and ministry was the greatest. If you look up the word great in the Webster's Dictionary, it reads this. Something that is above normal or above average or remarkable. Someone who is great stands out from the crowd. Sometimes we see the term great attached to a name like Herod. Y'all come on, help me. Herod the Great. Alexander the Great. Did you know that many refer to Neapolitan? I want to keep saying Neapolitan. It's Napoleon. I'm, I'm going over my sermon with my wife. I'm going, did you know that Neapolitan is called Neapolitan the Great? She says, no. <laughs> Napoleon? Yes. Neapolitan? No, that's ice cream, sweetie. I know, I'm just trying to make sure you're listening. Napoleon the Great. Something I read some time ago said 142 people in history used the word great and applied it to their names. Listen, when you put the word great on your name, it implies that others are not great. Yes, I heard a story about a man who went to a psychiatrist and he said, Doc, you got to help me. I'm suffering from identity complex, inferiority complex, pardon me. And, and, and the doctor said, well, let's do some tests. And after the doctor ran a battery of tests, he came back with the results. He said, I got good news. It's not a complex. You really are inferior. <laughs> Most people think of John, the Baptist. They don't think of great. They think eccentric, they think old, they think weirdo, they think peculiar, strange, bizarre, even original, but not great. Jesus said John the Baptist was the greatest. In order to be a good witness, number one, you need to know who you are not. I want you to look at verse 19 in your Bibles. By the time we get to verse 19, the baptism of Jesus, if you're taking notes, you write this down. The baptism of Jesus has already taken place. John has already baptized Jesus and heard the voice of uh, coming from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, listen to him. 
The temptation in the wilderness by Satan has already happened. Jesus is coming back out of the wilderness. And John picks up the story there in verse 19. Keep in mind, the other gospels all record the baptism of Jesus. John the apostle does not record the baptism of Jesus. Now here's a scene. Obviously, the Jewish Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin, heard about the hoopla going on 20 miles from Jerusalem by the Jordan. And they send a delegation of priests and Levites to see what's going on. The priests and the Levites are the ecclesiastical leaders of the nation, the custodians of the Hebrew faith and the stewards of the truth of Judaism. And so it was a good thing and a right thing for them to do to go find out what's going on. Because they heard that thousands are going out to see John. This is big news. And when they get there, they see this eccentric guy baptizing maybe thousands. And so the priests and the Levites, they arrive and there's thousands of people getting baptized. And they ask John, who are you? Scratching their heads. John doesn't wait. He says, let me go at it another way. Let me tell you who I'm not. John says, I'm not the Christ. Are you getting me? He says, I'm not the Messiah. There's an emphatic tone there, almost as if John is is appalled for for those people to even imply that he's the Christ. John's saying it's it's unthinkable that attention would focus on me because I'm not the Christ. His job was to point to the Christ. They were hoping John was the Messiah. Why? There was an expectancy in the air concerning the coming of the Lord. Everyone was looking for the Messiah and for deliverance because the Jews, you know your Bibles and you know your biblical history, the Jews have been enslaved and subjugated for years by many, many peoples. The Greeks, the Seleucids, the Ptolemies, the Syrians, the Babylonians, the Medo-Persians, and now the Romans, they have a history of oppression. So they're crying out for Messiah. They had hoped that he would come soon. Every morning, the Jew would pray this prayer. I believe in the coming of the Messiah. And even though he tarries, yet I will wait every coming morning. So at this time, messianic expectation was at fever pitch. In verse 21, John says, let me just set your mind at ease. I am not the Messiah. And then they ask a follow-up question. Are you Elijah? Nope. I'm not him. And the reason they asked, are you Elijah, is because his eccentric behavior, it reminded them of Elijah. Second Kings chapter 1, verse 8, it talks about Elijah, who was a hairy person, and he wore a leather belt. And it tells us that Elijah was a tishbite, not a tushbite, a tishbite. And he was eccentric and weird. John the Baptist reminds them of Elijah because he's saying things that Elijah would have said. Now listen to me close, saints. Time to turn on your brain. Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 tells us, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and the dreadful day of the Lord. Write this down. Matthew chapter 11 verse 14. Jesus said, If you are willing to receive it, John the Baptist is Elijah who is coming? Are you getting this? Jesus is saying John the Baptist is Elijah. John the Baptist is saying, I'm not Elijah. Okay, what's going on, pastor? 
Well, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 11 through 13, I have it for you on the screen. Jesus answered and said to them, indeed, Elijah is coming first and I will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the son of man is also about to suffer at their hands. And then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of who? John the Baptist. The angel Gabriel, you know, stay with me. Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel told Zacharias, not Zachariah, Zacharias, John's dad, told him that John the Baptist would go forth in the spirit and the power of Elijah. So you put it all together, listen. Jesus said, Elijah, the real Elijah, will come again in the future. Gabriel said, John the Baptist came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Malachi 4.1 told us he will come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. The great and dreadful day of the Lord is a reference to what period? Somebody tell me. The tribulation period or the time of Jacob's trouble. Revelation chapter 11, we see two witnesses, and one of them sounds a whole lot like Elijah. John says, I'm not Elijah. Jesus says, John is Elijah. Listen, both are true. John comes in the spirit and the power of Elijah. So they're questioning John. Who are you? Are you the Messiah? John said, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. Verse 21 Then are you Elijah? John said, I'm not. Verse 21, are you that prophet? What prophet? Well, they could have been thinking about Jeremiah and Isaiah. They could have been thinking, write it down, Deuteronomy 18, 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him, you show here. They could have been thinking about that. Are you that prophet? John said, no. They said, tell us who you are. We've got to go back and give an account. Point number two, you have to know who you are. Look at verse 23 through 24. Jesus is the word. John said, I'm just a, what saints? A voice of one. Come on, say it with me. One crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. John could have said, I'm the son of the great prophet, priest, uh, Zacharias, who serves in the temple. He could have said, I'm the only person filled with the Holy Spirit from, con- con- from conception. He could have said, I'm the greatest prophet of all the prophets. I'm the prophet that all the other prophets wish they were. He could have said, he could have said, I'm the forerunner of the Messiah. He could have said, I'm the cousin of Jesus. I got family connections. So don't mess with me. He could have said, John said, me, I'm just a voice, a messenger, an envoy, a representative. I'm here to prepare the way of the Lord. I'm just a road worker, John said. Write it down. 
I'm just a road worker. In other words, John is saying, listen, I'm just preparing the way. I'm a road worker preparing the road. Jesus is the road that you have to walk on to get to the Father. Wasn't it Jesus himself who said, I am the way or the road, the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. John says, me, I'm just a road worker. I'm not the Messiah. I'm preparing the way for the Messiah. Now, let me tell you a little bit about John. His name means, and if you're having a baby or you're going to be a mommy and you have a boy, John is a great name. John's name means God is gracious. John is the cousin of Jesus. John the Baptist is not his first, middle, and last name. Say amen. Did y'all know that? Y'all act like y'all didn't know that. Y'all like he's not? No. John the Baptist, John is his name. The Baptist is a description of his ministry. John is the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, who were too old to have kids. Zacharias was a priest in the temple. And one day, you know the story, don't you? The angel Gabriel shows up and says, you and your wife are going to have a son and you're going to name him John. And he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. And he's going to come in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the children back to their fathers. And he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Zacharias said, I don't believe you. I need a sign. And the angel Gabriel said, I'll give you a sign. You can't speak anymore. You won't speak anymore. And John and Zacharias is probably thinking, I wasn't thinking of that kind of sign. I was thinking of something else maybe, but not, not that. So he can't tell anybody. He's all excited, but he can't tell anybody. Uh, did you hear the story of this preacher who uh, went to play golf on a Sunday? And all through seminary, his friends would tell him, man, there is nothing like playing golf on Sunday morning. He was the pastor. He had never played golf on Sunday morning. So one Sunday... He decided he was going to do it. He called his assistant pastor. He said, Pastor Nelson, I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling good and I won't be in the day. You're going to need to preach. And so he got his clubs out and he got in the car to drive to the country club. It was a beautiful Sunday. The birds are chirping. He gets to the green and takes his club and smacks the ball and it's flying through the air. And the angel Gabriel said to God, He's supposed to be teaching and being faithful. He's out here playing golf. Well, the ball's flying through the air and bounces on the green. Gabriel says, God, this isn't right. And the ball rolls right in. It's a hole in one. And Gabriel said, God, you should have done something. And God said, I did. Who can he tell? (laughs) Coffee's available after service. He couldn't tell anybody. Zacharias couldn't tell anybody. The great news, talking about John. John grew up. Elizabeth and Zacharias probably passed away. John leaves Jerusalem, goes out into the middle of nowhere. John has taken a Nazarite vow, which means he lived a consecrated life. John lived a life of separation and uncontamination so that nothing would hinder the ministry that John would 
preach. Look at verse 35. They're thinking if John is not the Messiah and he's not Elijah and he's not that prophet, then what's all this baptism about? Who's given you the right? Now, Israel was baptized when they crossed the Jordan under under, uh, Joshua. John is baptizing Jews. Baptism was a ritual for Gentiles. Listen, Baptism was a ritual for Gentiles who wanted to proselytize or become Jews. So for a Jew to submit to baptism was saying, I'm as bad as a heathen Gentile. And that's why the priests and the Levites didn't understand. John's baptism is a baptism unto repentance for the remission of sins. So John's baptism for the Jew was a preparatory cleansing for the king. Look at verse 26. John said, I'm baptizing with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. Some many good Bible scholars believe that Jesus is standing right there in the crowd. Can y'all get that in your head? And Jesus is right there. The crowd is gathered, maybe thousands. And John says, there's one standing among you and you don't even know who he is. If Jesus were standing in this crowd, I don't think you'd be able to identify him. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.